Anna, Anna, Anna. Hello. Hello, hello. Are you nervous? <clears throat> no, I feel very calm, very centered, very good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's so, so good. It's amazing what happens behind the scenes, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so you are a whiz and I need to listen to this conversation back myself because you are very much about deactivating chaos. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of your ground zero um, works of art that you do. So, I mean, when you talk about deactivating chaos, um, I'm sure that there are so many people that, especially at this time of the year, Mm -hmm. that will listen to this and feel like they're just out of control even, mm -hmm. you know. They'll feel like, you know, some people feel like they're in chaos in, in their lives, in their homes. Some of them feel like they're an imposter because they're kind of out there in the world and they're kind of, you know, they look great on paper. Mm -hmm. But then behind the scenes, they've got all this chaos mm -hmm. and you are the expert on this. Can you talk me through the chaos that was perhaps in your own life that you could really, you know, that a lot of your people are also suffering? Yeah, so um, very much as you say as you said um you know my my world very much looked perfect on paper uh I had you know the fiance the house the career the car all of the you know the money to go on holiday we had um or I had everything on paper that you know would seem to be successful would seem to leave lead to fulfillment which I talk a lot about uh, within my work, this, this finding this deep fulfillment. But my world was very much um, chaotic, very much out of control. I felt incredibly broken. I felt very desperate for change. I had looked for change for a very long time through um, sort of standard kind of therapy offerings. Um, and just couldn't find my answers, couldn't find the help that I specifically needed. And that chaos was then getting bigger and bigger. And I was in that point of feeling like I was about to pop. Something was going to go very badly wrong. Gosh, no wonder you are the authority on it because mm -hmm. it really does take one to know one, right? Yeah, and yeah. You know, these things can quite often be a subconscious, you know, very much, you would know this yourself, yeah. very much subconscious. I mean, living in chaos is no different to a person who self-sabotages themselves through overindulgence in food or mm -hmm. maybe even in alcohol or, yeah. you know, whatever that self-sabotaging is, it's, you know, we we do it for, I guess, reasons that come from our past. And, and this is where, I guess, the story all begins because, you know, you've obviously had quite a few elements. You're an intelligent woman. You worked 
in corporate, in the corporate mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. But in, in some ways, you were also operating in a bit of like that unknown chaos yeah. where you you talk about you know being in like you think to yourself a corporate world has got to be status quo you would think so anyway right mm -hmm. you would think everything mm -hmm. is in order everything is just fine but then behind the scenes there's chaos mm -hmm. and as you spoke yourself, they were making redundancies left, right and centre mm -hmm. every so often. So you were kind of living off that kind of almost that energy, that that nervous energy. Yeah. But there's another theme in your life, Anna, and that other theme is not just about deactivating the, the chaos, but the actual theme of taking a leap of faith. <laughs> yes <laughs> I have very much there's definitely been that theme running through my world very strongly knowing that uh I've I've come to understand that it's this very I'm very tuned into my intuition and now I understand it is that um but I used to just feel that I had to I very much had to take an action, even if it didn't make sense to me, to other people, you know, it logically didn't make sense. I knew that I just had to take that leap. And that has been a theme that has come in many yeah. times within my life. <clears throat> yeah. So let's let's look at this because obviously this is, you know, when you're talking to your people, your person out there is the person number one who's very, very familiar with chaos. Yeah. And number two, the person who's, you know, got their, their shit together, for want of a better way of putting it, and they do look great on paper mm -hmm. and they are smart. They do have all the things that, that look great to the world, but then mm -hmm. behind the scenes there is all of this other stuff brewing. But yeah. the second part of it is that this person that is your person needs to be that person also that takes that leap of faith and sometimes mm -hmm. it can be very scary so let's get into your mind where you took the leap of faith from the corporate world mm -hmm. and then you were you know you were sensing that there were redundancies happening you knew you looked great on paper you knew how you felt and then all of a sudden it's almost like well I get it, right? Uh, there's redundancies. There's this feeling of uncertainty. Who's going to be in control of my life? Mm. Is it going to be me or yeah. is it going to be my boss or someone yeah. else? Yeah. So what, what, talk me through that. So the process of when, like you obviously had a thought that you were going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so what was the process? Because we want to get behind the narrative because it's mm -hmm. like a millionaire. You get a person who makes a million dollars overnight. It's it's not just about the book they wrote or, you know, whatever they created with mm -hmm. their own bands or whatever it happened to be. It's about the narrative. It's about what, how their, their story and their narrative and I understand also that sometimes when a person goes from chaos to a leap of faith, 
Mm-hmm. There is that right, boom, land. So what can you share about it? Like how long did it take you to make your mind up about that and what pushed you over the edge? So there were kind of various different points to this to this journey. The point where I decided um, to uh, leave corporate and come into, you know, my healing and my mental um, work. Um, the reason I had a very so prior to that I had started my own real deep healing um from that very first session which was hypnotherapy because of the incredible power within that session I knew from that point that this is what I wanted to do um to help other people but I also knew that it was that soul calling you know like soul purpose like people talk about I knew from that point um then coming forward, uh, coming into the space where um, it felt right to do so, it didn't feel we had we had redundancies coming up, you know, throughout the years um, until I got to the point that I decided to take that leap of faith. Prior to that, it had felt scary. When I got to that point of just intuitively knowing it was the time to take my leap it just felt just I just felt a a pull to do so it didn't make sense logically (laughs) but it made sense to my body and my being and that was the thing that was like your body so yeah just went yes yes what that full embodied yes feels like right yeah and that embodied yes um was do you believe because obviously now going back to the element of you've got a few things going on because you've got this element with you know transitioning from corporate and taking that leap of faith and then you've got your backstory of chaos and and like one would say okay I wonder what a person's higher purpose for chaos is because Mm. there is always that Mm. higher purpose from what is the what what is chaotic you know is it that there's so much chaos going on in one's world Mm. that they don't have to stand still and think they don't have to kind of think oh, my gosh, you know, this happened to me when, you know, having the triggers and the thoughts that come up. But let's go back to obviously a landmark for you, mm-hmm. and that was when you were just seven years old. Mm-hmm. So you, I always say that the formative years and the reasons for people, you know, even their activation of the leap of faith mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. the chaos they both come together in a world where they are barracking for you mm-hmm. so the subconscious is always looking out for us 
So how did the little seven-year-old girl feel? Because she'd been sexually abused, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there must have been a big betrayal of trust there. Yep, huge, huge. Uh, You know, I just remember feeling completely terrified, obviously not knowing who to trust, not knowing what to do. Um, And that, you know, was the instigator of the chaos for me, um, absolutely, which then rumbled through and got bigger and bigger as I went went through life, even though I had tried to help myself on many, many occasions. But just coming back to that point that you said about there being a higher purpose to the chaos, that makes so much sense to me because um, I now talk about, think about, you know, our what we may call our limitations or our blocks or our chaos as actually opening up a world that we can really use as like stepping stones, springboards for real huge change and huge fulfillment ultimately, but really kind of springboard from the, those moments that actually are showing us real growth that we can embrace if that feels right for us to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those- I mean, I, I, you know, I remember hearing someone say, I lost my parents. Mm-hmm. They both died when I was seven years old. Yeah. Life can't get any worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like there's that brave heart that comes yeah. out. Yeah. And that uh that functioning that actually goes in their favor. Yes. But also comes with that functioning of being very brave and very bold and mm. having that narrative that runs in the back of the mind that that saying, you know, well, it can't, nothing can get any worse than this. Mm-hmm. this it, mm-hmm. It's all, it can only do this. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering wh- whether it's like, boom, I have to be able to take that leap of faith. Say, if you rewound the clock and you were never in that position where you were sexually abused, mm-hmm. where you lost your trust in, mm-hmm. you know, what a little girl is supposed to feel when they're supposed yeah. to feel safe right yeah 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 know how to take a leap of faith yeah so you know the my very first leap of faith was leaving my uh ex-fiance who I totally adored was a lovely lovely man um but basically from that age of seven through to late 20s the uh, woundings, you know, the 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 wounding energy, the trauma energy that had um, taken effect in that moment. You know, all of the the trauma had kind of bubbled away. All of the symptoms that that created bubbled away, away, away to this just this pot of desperation and chaos, and you know, feeling completely broken. And that was my very first leap of faith was that that point of I have to leave this relationship. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Take that leap of faith because I knew I was not going to be here for very much longer because I didn't want to live that life anymore. Mm. And I could not take that anymore. What do you think was showing up in your fiancé? 
Was it your fiance, by the way? Yeah, or was fiance, just yeah, partner? yeah. So what what was showing up in your fiance that was really mirroring to you that crisis? Mm, that's a good question. Um, like what was he bringing out in you? Because even if he's the nicest person in the world, mm -hmm. I hear you, right? I really mm -hmm. do hear you. Sometimes we will make decisions based on, you know, not the better person mm -hmm. whom we marry, but who makes the better person out of us. Mm -hmm. And if you can get a really great person but if they're not bringing the very best or they're bringing out that other side, mm -hmm. what do you reckon he was triggering? What 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 was he mirroring? What was well, reflecting to you? So I think as a, as a general, well, I know as a general, I didn't feel safe in the world in any way. And I understand that now, probably didn't at the time. Um, and I don't know whether the kind of the safety the security that I had allowed all of this stuff to bubble up that needed my attention so actually um you know having having the on paper security allowed almost my subconscious to go right you need to deal with this we're going to bring this on strong <laughs> and man mm. was it strong Can you, do you feel that even though he was a great person you didn't your subconscious may not have felt that he had the backbone or the that certain mm. element that could actually really nurture you and help you to feel safe in this world I mean we yeah. know we have to take full control of ourselves yeah we, I mean and I you weren't married to him so the fact is that you obviously needed to make that split so you could soul search mm -hmm. and do the you know the rest of your real healing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when you did go into that healing what was the first element that you really re recognized that you healed the deepest first yeah so um just just coming back to your previous point, I think I was in a space where I didn't feel safe at all and I couldn't trust other people, which obviously made sense based on my experiences. So actually, I couldn't let anybody be there. Um, what, what my very first kind of the, my main symptom that was really coming up, which, you know, I completely understand now. Uh, having been able to to really identify the root cause of it was insomnia and I'd always struggled with insomnia but it had got to the point where it was absolute kind of crisis point of you know not sleeping probably more than four hours a night and I could not mm -hmm. live in that way and I didn't want to live in that way anymore um what was incredible was that and kind of really obvious now, but because I'd worked with my um, abuse experience with talking therapies, I assumed that I'd worked on that enough that it was okay. I remember saying to my hypnotherapist, this happened, 
I think it's okay now because I've kind of talked it through, put it in box in the back of my mind. <laughs> what was incredible was on my very first um, session, my subconscious took me straight to the abuse experience, not reliving it, the abuse experience as being the root cause of my insomnia, which totally made sense because, and I felt that, incredible energy leaving my body as we did that very first session um you know and it totally made sense because me as an adult me as a my inner child did not feel safe I couldn't trust that I could look after myself I couldn't trust that anybody else was going to look after me the whole world didn't feel safe so my subconscious could not let me rest my nervous system could not let me rest because yeah I wasn't safe you were staying awake yep. for the sake of, uh, yeah, that's, that is so true. Like the subconscious mind is a sneaky piece of work. <laughs> and I will say that the darndest things can happen through the subconscious. Uh, I, that just, I know this is a completely different scenario, but it's still the same thing. My husband didn't sleep by choice, right? But that was because he would be a night owl. Mm -hmm. And he would uh, stay awake till all hours of the morning watching TV, like three in the morning, it wouldn't be unusual. And he would go to bed and he would get up before me. So he was sleeping like that much. Mm -hmm. And do you know, we found out he had sleep apnea, but he was so severe, he figured it out because he's master practitioner as well and chiropractor but he understands the subconscious and he said my subconscious was keeping me alive oh, amazing yeah yeah mm. and so it didn't there was no rhyme or reason of why mm -hmm. that was the case but everything everything we do as human beings you know, and especially even our strengths, when we've got a strength, you can bet your life, like you, your strength, right, is helping people to take that leap of faith, mm. helping people to discover their, you know, their purpose, their passion, their, their ability. Now, you went on and obviously made that leap of faith. Just a question. Do you have any regrets that you did actually... Um, leave that man so no nope. not even slightly <laughs> and slightly. you know right. I was very much in love with him he you know we've both gone on uh, as far as I know we've both gone on to have uh you know happy lives and it was absolutely the right decision to take yeah. even though it logically made no sense <laughs> yeah absolutely so now Gene Keys because I understand mm -hmm. like you you're definitely that woman so for the person whom is you know uh looking at taking that leap and you know you've got to take that next leap and there is yeah. something that you sometimes have to do that's going to take a risk that's going to mm -hmm. mean having that little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. of being able to do it you're going to be that person to really help that person to make that shift. Mm -hmm. And 
you, aside from obviously the, the elements that you're trained in, I mean, the fact that you were a corporate analyst and you did all of that kind of work at that level is all, all part of the, the puzzle. I, I always say, I mean, I was in real estate. I was in real estate in a family business for 15 years, mm-hmm. right? I'd also been sacked from eight jobs in a row. So I do know that everything that happened to me, you know, has a purpose and it makes me who I am today. It makes yeah. me bold. It makes me who I am. And, you know, this is this is the reason that people will assign me, just as that's the reason people will assign you, mm-hmm. because you have been there. And, you know, you're a hypnotherapist, you are taking people through incredible processes. And the gift of being a hypnotherapist is that you will do that to actually fit the design of their human kind, their their own self, their spiritual self. Where did Gene Keys and human design come into play? Yeah, okay. So I started off my um trainings uh as a hypnotherapist. I've then I then built in um breathwork and somatic therapy because anything that I've had incredible shifts with, I've brought into my repertoire. Um and uh part of that was also human design and gene keys and what I love absolutely love about those systems is they um really outline for us who we truly truly are so who we are energetically who we are at kind of our body heart soul level as opposed to who we who we think we are after Mm -hmm. multiple life woundings perhaps which is often a teeny tiny aspect of you know our true magic and our, our true being so um, we can obviously work with human design and gene keys as their own system and know, you know, who it is that I am, who I need to, how I need to make decisions, what's my greatest expansion. You know, we can know all of that. But then yeah. when when I work with my clients on it, we work on the deconditioning piece as well. So we work on, OK, this is who I truly am. How do I truly, truly be that? How do I decondition all of this raft of things <laughs> that I know from, you know, in my case, the 40 odd years that I've lived up until this point? How do I how do I know now how to stop those programmings, those ways of being and actually lean into who I truly am and really embody those? So we work with firstly, understanding, embracing who we truly are but then also deconditioning so that we can really, really come in, which is deactivating again as well, deactivating chaos, deconditioning, so that we can really come into that space of really embodying who we're truly here to be. That is just absolutely amazing. So, you know, for for those of you out there, just in case you don't know, um, breathwork is something that is like the life force. Mm. How did it change your life, Anna? Uh, Breathwork. What was the biggest trauma? What was the biggest trauma Breathwork was able to do for you just like so easily? Heart healing. 
So when I discovered breathwork and I had my first sort of deep dive um, session, sort of my first proper sort of substantial session, um, I had done a lot of healing up until that point. But what I hadn't realized and a lot of um, so a lot of that would have been kind of subconscious healing, which is, you know, as you know, is incredibly powerful. What I then came to realize with breath work was actually how locked down my heart still was. So coming back to the safety and the trust again. And I actually saw my heart in that breath work session. This might make me emotional. Wrapped in barbed wire. Sorry, it will make me emotional because it was so, so incredible to be able to see that, feel that, but then release that as well. And that just everything, everything that I've done, you know, with these deeper root cause therapies, it's just mind blowing. And that was another example. So for me, it just helped, you know, it helped. It helped allow my body to release whatever needed to be released, to heal whatever needed to be healed, but really, really tuning into that beautiful heart energy that was crying. Well, it wasn't even crying out. It was so locked down. My my poor heart was so locked down. It was just, you know, which, again, coming back to the relationship, that was another reason why I couldn't let anybody close to me. Yeah, I mean... I'm just getting this full picture, you know, of of this little heart uh, just kind of like, you know, really this wall built up. But to have it like barbed wire tells me that it was so painful, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and, and to be able to really shed light on that and to, to just release it and to, yeah. to actually have that full-bodied experience. Mm. is just incredible mm. what is one of your go-to styles of breath work because we know that we can do you know uh different styles of breath work yeah. is there something that you have a favorite that you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience because I know that people love listening to this show because they come here and they also get the healing which is something that we really love to do you know mm -hmm. so do you have a go-to breath work that you could perhaps even I could be cheeky enough to say you know <laughs> would you give us a little demonstration and I'll give you the stage so um I tend to uh so as a as a treatment breath work um what I really love is holotropic breath work which allows us to um, activate our body, but so that we can come into this space of uh, primal release. So really releasing whatever needs to come up and that out. That sounds great. Can you do that for us? Spend a minute doing uh, that with not, us? Not in, a, not in a quick session like this. It would need to be a, a proper sort of uh, therapy session. Um, what I would use um, myself, what I would use with uh, clients is to really kind of focus on bringing the energy down, uh, sorry, the breath down into the belly, down into the root. Mm. And really, Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm handing it over to you, girl. Okay. I'll, give you, I'll give you 30 seconds. 
Okay. So really coming into that space of relaxing down, breathing down into your belly. So as I say to my clients, breathing down into your belly, into your root, really coming into this space of filling up with that breath. Breathing in for four, holding for four, and releasing for eight. And that way, just in a really quick demo, we can start to bring everything down. You know, anything that's heightened in that moment, repeating that kind of that breathing pattern. So we can do a four, four, eight kind of pattern just to really come into this space of allowing the body to really relax, the nervous system to really relax and to bring us out of our um, shallow breathing, which is very much our normal uh, kind of state of being a lot of the time as well. Yeah. Now, I, I heard a very magic word in here. So many people I speak to on this show, they don't even realise the magic that comes out of their mouth. But you said allowing. Mm. And, you know, what do you do if someone, like there could be someone stressed out listening mm -hmm. to this show? Mm -hmm. They could be like, I just I just need something. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to that someone? Like I know it's sometimes it's easier said than done. Okay, let's breathe. Okay, I'm breathing, I'm breathing. But the art of allowing, can you talk us through that? Yeah, so um, this is very much something that I've had to understand myself about allowing myself to be and knowing what it is that I need in the moment. So, you know, if you're in a space of being able to say to yourself, I've quite often closed my eyes, just take a breath. Okay, body, what is it that you need right now? You know, seeing what that answer is and then following that through, it could be body, it could be heart, whichever feels like it resonates more. If you're not, if you can't connect at that um, point at the moment, because things, you know, are feeling too chaotic, then I completely understand that, you know, I literally would think about, and I quite often will, will do this with my son, but like lying on the ground, and just literally breathing into the belly and then letting that allowing that air to just tumble out so breathing in and really taking the focus down into the belly into your root rather than kind of chest breathing as we say allowing that to tumble out a really uh, a really lovely if, if that doesn't feel accessible as well, literally take yourself out in nature. Woods or being by the sea is incredibly regulating for us as well. Even if it's, you know, a 10 minute, a 10 minute walk, just allowing yourself to be in that space. Don't do what I used to do. I was thinking, right, I must go for a walk. Need to get it done in such and such a time. Like really kind of take a moment when you start your walk Take a moment to just stand, take a breath, feel like, you know, you've got roots coming out 
of your feet into Mother Earth. Really standing in that moment, feeling that connection, feeling, feeling and allowing Mother Earth to connect in with you as well. And then just, you know, allowing yourself to slow down, to align with nature, to slow down to, you know, the Mother Earth's heartbeat and really allowing yourself to take that time to walk, you know, just I love walking in the woods, you know, this really. And I just feel that we just sink naturally into, you know, that slower kind of heartbeat then, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. That's um that is gold. And you just don't know that that person out there that is listening. And I'm just gonna take a break just for a moment. Are you listening to this show? Do you need to take a leap of faith in your life? Maybe you feel like you have been absolutely held in chaos and your life is chaos. You may even feel like you're suffering from imposter syndrome, like everything looks great on paper, but for you, you are really not living your truth inside. I want you to do yourself and someone else a big favour. I want you to share this with someone that you feel really, really could utilise this breath work, this, this, just these words that may uplift somebody's soul and make sure you subscribe. Thank you so much, Anna. And, of course, it really is, I know, when your people come to you because I know you've got something really big coming out really, really soon. And in this program, in this program that you have got coming, it's all about the the way the person is designed. Even though there is a thing coined human design, I know you are. You emulate human design because during backstage while we were talking, you were very adamant about the flow mm -hmm. and even to the point where you've had to follow your gut instinct with people, even in the coaching space, who have said, you've got to do it this way. You've got to, you know, market mm -hmm. yourself this mm -hmm. way. You've got to take action. And, and I love it. You're part of my crowd that says, nah, <laughs> you listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel that there's a lot of people that need to hear that. That mm -hmm. that and be aware that your body doesn't lie. Your body is the GPS that is guiding you always. Yeah. So, you know, you are all about the human design. And I don't mean it from the coined, you know, mm -hmm. what that is in essence. You are about you know, allowing that human and creating the design of what you actually deliver to them mm -hmm. as you release their trauma, mm -hmm. as you taking them through somatic healing techniques, mm -hmm. helping to release the tension from their body, as you're taking them through guided, you know, visualisation, 
Because let's face it, how many people are so caught up in their brain mm-hmm. they can't even, they can't see their future, mm-hmm. they can't take a leap of faith mm-hmm. because they're locked into chaos. Yeah. Yeah, and we we have that kind of disconnection from our body, from our soul, don't we, when we experience uh, trauma, even if it's, you know, the things that we wouldn't necessarily think were traumatic as such, we can very much create or experience that disconnect through no fault of ours, I hasten to add. And then we're operating, as you say, in a, in a way that is actually detrimental to to us, to our body, to our being. And that's where we're kind of in in push or force or hustle kind of mode, as opposed to allowing ourselves to be. And being isn't about, you know, not taking action. It's about taking really aligned action. So, you know, if that, that can you say that again? Yeah. So it's not about um, just taking not taking action or taking action in a way that, you know, we have been told we should do to be successful it's about really um taking that aligned action for what it is that we need so you know from that point of truly being ourselves so you know we hear a lot around um a lot of have to's and should do's and a lot of um you know you need to you need to be consistent for example um so yes you know there's there's there is truth in that however it needs to be consistent to create sustainable success and sustainable fulfillment it needs to be from a space that is aligned for us and our bodies that action needs to be aligned for us and our bodies Mm, that's so good that's so good note people it's not just about taking action it's about massive aligned action how does a person know when the action they take is aligned Mm. very good question and that is um so i i work with um my clients around uh working out how their body how to use their body to make decisions as opposed to mind so again this will depend on um their authority within their their human design it will depend on you know how their body getting to know how their body helps them to make decisions I use this on a daily basis I use it for the tiniest little things now but I know exactly how my body um helps me helps direct me which is you know tuned into my intuition as well obviously um but yes it will it will make tuning into this tuning into making decisions and living in this way and being in this way means we take out the the heavy mind work that you know we have been taught to live by run by Everything is mind over matter. No, not yeah, for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I have been going through a little bit of turmoil myself because I know that it's time to take a leap of faith too. And sometimes taking a leap of faith 
does really, you know, it does encompass a lot of courage. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like something you just do because you, you, you're you stupid or yeah. you're making yeah. some ridiculous decision. Sometimes people can't fathom, like you talked about how you pretty much the unfathomable when you did that mm. and you just you had to do it. When you mm-hmm. left your fiancé and you you went out and you just did what you did, mm-hmm. that was like a full body, this is what I have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel that we get caught up in our head. Mm-hmm. People get caught up in overthinking and this is one of the biggest problems even in the coaching space which you would recognize this where people are so caught up in like what you said oh but this coach says you've got to be consistent Mm -hmm. you've got Mm -hmm. to you know you've got to take action go out and do this go out and do that where's the magic and this is this is really my big calling is to bring people like you on the show to illustrate that it's not about the heady head head stuff sometimes it is about the unexplainable Mm -hmm. and intuitive guidance if you were to speak to someone in layman's terms because obviously there are people I, i happen to know there are people and they're probably more in your niche than mine i'll be honest right um that need to hear this um stuck in the corporate world mm-hmm. held by the golden handcuffs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there is so much money but then there's redundancies exactly mm-hmm. what you described there's this all this uncertainty and you know what would you say to them a person who is really they're, they're caught between the money that they're making and the lifestyle mm-hmm. and the uh but the abs- absolute like dying in a marriage mm-hmm. dying in the trust, mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. what would you what would you say to that person what would be the first thing you would do like would you would you recommend looking at their human design because this could be someone who doesn't necessarily want to jump into being a coach. Mm-hmm. They they may want to do something else, but they may want to be in the online space. Mm-hmm. What guidance could you give to that person? So, yeah, there's a there's a few there's a few different elements to this, I guess, isn't there? Um, you know, there's helping them to feel safe in their own space in their own being um in that if you know if they're not feeling safe in their job or in their relationship you know helping them to create that or start to create that safety in their body so that that gives them a solid base to be starting to work from um doesn't know what you know you know a lot you know you're a hypnotherapist you're a breath work coach Mm -hmm. you do somatic healing you do human design you do gene keys so for this person who may not know uh those kinds of things what can they do to feel safe in their body 
Okay, so as we said before, really, you know, the the breath work, the aligning with nature, making time for ourselves, the things that, you know, the way we live in society now is kind of the opposite of how we need to be for our bodies. We need to create rest. We need to come out of phones constantly pinging at us we need to create time and space for ourselves so very much around you know even if it's only taking 15 minutes out but taking that time and making that completely your time uh not with a phone on not with you know anybody else disturbing you but really coming into that space of taking time out for you to allow your nervous system to start to regulate you know really coming into that space of looking at um, breathing exercises getting out in nature really starting to slow life down big time and that has been a huge learning for me because I used to operate in absolutely the opposite way to how my body needs to be like if you could think of the most opposite way that's exactly how I used to try and run my world and from that push and force Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, embodiment of their vision, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, I always say, really, it's not about if somebody's saying, well, I, I want to be rich. Mm -hmm. It's not about really sitting in a haystack of $100 bills, is it? Yeah. Because yeah. if you're sitting in a haystack of $100 bills and you can't do a thing with it, mm -hmm. then what? But how do you feel if you were, if you knew you had all that money? You know, what does that do for you? So for people, it, it money uh, may provoke the feeling of freedom. So, you know, for the next person, it may bring that feeling of safety. Yes. For the exactly. next person, it may bring that feeling of significance. Mm -hmm. For that next person, it might bring that feeling of importance. Mm-hmm. And for that next person, it might bring that feeling of love and connection. Yeah. And generally, you know how this goes. We are, as human beings, we are operating out of love and connection, significance, mm -hmm. certainty, contribution, mm -hmm. and, of course, safety, mm -hmm. um, you know, being you know, the, the, the number one. And you know, you, you've you been there before in that world where you felt very, very, very unsafe. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. at what point do you reckon somebody's ready to embody a vision? Like if they're coming to you and uh, are you more to ask them to start, you know, painting the picture of like, well, what does life look like mm -hmm. when you are feeling free what does it look like what are you doing exactly um, yeah or are you do you tend to go to the healing side first which way would you kind of tilt yeah so it does depend on the specific client because my work is very bespoke so I will and I very much tune into my intuition to to know where you know where we're going to start but what I will always do is ask a question of what does abundance mean to you because exactly as you say, it can mean so many things, you know, it can physically mean or mean physical money. Um, you know, when I asked myself that question, it was, wow, abundance to me is actually about feeling 
free and spacious and being able to be and trust in my own timing and all of those things and from that space that is where we're opening up our magic our magnetism when we focus on us um so that is definitely a question that I like to start with because that's what when we can start where we've got that focus and we can start to really start to embody how that feels, that is when our body and our subconscious are naturally going to start taking us there. It's like like the GPS, <laughs> as you say. And I'm really coming into that space of embodying that, you know, whilst also that's highly likely to throw up the what ifs and the guilts and yeah but money doesn't feel safe or something you know and that's where we come into that deactivating mm. the chaos so it's yeah. as much about deactivating deconditioning as it is really really embodying where it is that we want to be because that is so so powerful when we can um yeah. really come into that space and almost kind of train ourselves on a daily basis to really embody that space so that we're naturally starting to move ourselves towards those intentions and those feelings. Mm, that's amazing. So I do have one big question on your therapy mm -hmm. that I would really love for you to go into it, uh, if you don't mind, because, you know, I feel this is, I loved it. It's the firework you do. Yes. Yeah. And the firework tool, and mm -hmm. I know that, around breathwork I know you're going to think oh we've talked about so many things I believe when you're talking to people out there that need to hear it they need to hear it mm -hmm. again. okay so, so <clears throat> my uh fire methodology is something that I have um, you know powerful technique that I've put together incorporating various um all of the modalities that have created really kind of powerful change for me re really powerful shift for me um <clears throat> i named it fire i named it the acronym of i gave it the acronym of fire so fire methodology um and then it kind of and then it kind of came later to me the 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 point around you know um fire turning our um impurities or imperfection into real gold you know um which is very much about how i see us working with our chaotic points our limitations our blocks that we, that we may identify at the moment so fire is uh, the acronym means finding um really finding the really sorry really finding the root cause of what's happening for us in that moment so f equals fire it's findings using the subconscious using the body's wisdom to really tune into um the root cause of what's happening for us in the moment I is around identify. So identify where we, we where we felt that we experienced it for the first or the worst time. So whether that be a lot of, you know, a lot of my first healing work was around inner child, 
then I sort of subsequently came into uh, my inner teen healing. So where did where did we feel identifying where we felt that for the first or the worst time? Um, R is around release, replace. So this is where, you know, we found our root cause. We know how that applies to, um, you know, that inner child, that inner teen that felt that, felt unsafe, you know, felt lost, perhaps whatever she was feeling, whatever they were feeling. Um, and then coming into actually releasing that energy, releasing you know, the programs, reframing the programs. Um, and we will do that in a number of ways. We'll use, uh, we will often use breathwork within that point as well. And then really coming into E is embodying who we're truly here to be, you know, what those, what, what our uh, programs are what our true programs are how our body really wants to feel you know really coming into embodying our magic and this is something that you know I will work through with my clients in session but also that then gives them a toolkit that a technique that they can then use for themselves so creating um uh, a takeaway toolkit <laughs> rather than just keeping it into you know just our session so it's a creating in the moment kind of toolkit tools I love it so are you ready for your leap of faith mastery are you <laughs> ready for the firework not the firewalk if you're ready to absolutely harness your power and really you've heard this beautiful lady and our watches had to say then we will drop all the links so that you can contact Anna and begin because there's no time like taking that leave of faith so if you've resonated you know you've heard all about the embodiment you've heard about the alignment you've heard about the firework and the leap of faith maybe it's your time so I love to always ask this on the show, but if we finish up this podcast now and then after you go, oh, there was <laughs> one thing you wished you had have said. Yeah. I'm going to ask that right now because I love to quantum leap into the future and come back to the present and whoo, baby. Uh, what would you love to say to anyone listening out here that is challenge that is ready to take that leap of faith that is perhaps trapped in imposter syndrome where mm -hmm. you know they are actually looking great to their friends yeah. and everyone on paper um and you know better so what would you say to that person firstly what you're feeling is valid absolutely valid and it's coming up for a reason so absolutely if you're feeling that pull you know, I am so open for, uh, you know, to connect um, because that is, it is your body talking, it is your intuition leading you. So absolutely follow your pull. There was something else that popped into my head, but it's now gone. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that one there because that's exactly how it needs to be. Yep. And there you go. The lady's living her truth. <laughs> 
what can I say? The lady's living her truth. So on that note, I just want to say thank you so much, Anna. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful.